0: Hello, my name's Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. So glad you can join us. Um, happy New Year, right? Happy 2015. The big 2015. Do you realize the year 2000 was 15 years ago? That's crazy to me. That is, that's crazy talk. But uh, Zen Parenting Radio is a podcast. Not the most famous podcast in history. Do you know what the most famous podcast in history is, sweetie? I do,
1: because I listened to it the entire vacation.
0: What is this we're listening to? This is
1: this is a podcast called Serial, and it completed two or three weeks ago, and Todd and I just started from the beginning and just listened to them straight through on, because we were on a trip to uh, Florida over break, and it is an excellent podcast.
0: Yes. So if you're going to do a, a road trip, Serial uh, is your answer because it, it kept me awake. Uh, In the middle of the night. And Driving. so
1: what is Serial? It's a true story about um a crime that was committed and the Sarah Koenig, who is from This American Life, um, it's over it's overseen by Ira Glass who yeah. does This American Life. She just walks us through this story of this crime and we get to kind of choose and figure out what we think and Sweetie, we are all
0: about promoting other podcasts of
1: course because you know what you know what i've realized and that when i say i do this show that some people know what i'm talking about but there's a very big group of people that don't know what podcasting Oh, is. this
0: completely raises the bar for all of us podcasters so because have, it's mainstream they did serenade live spoof on it
1: i know to have cereal be as popular as it is thank only you cereal. Helps. yes That's
0: right we appreciate that mm-hmm. All right, Zen Parenting Radio, this is episode number 209. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember our motto, sweetie, the best predictor of a child's well-being is what? A
1: parent's self-understanding.
0: But first, we're going to do a little bit of self-promotion, and I'm going um, to—oh, did I set this up? Uh,
1: You know what? It's not really self-promotion. It's not well, I mean, because it's not really for us it's just something that we 're offering, right, meaning that it's a um one of the big parts of Todd and my business is we want to be um able to offer community screenings and bring really great documentaries to our community because sometimes those things get uh you know they go to Chicago, but they don't come local right, and so we want to be uh, so people is, who bring those so to so this our is town. a
0: resource for you so. Um, First of all, I'm going to play about 50 seconds of this trailer of a documentary called The Mask You Live In. Uh, There's some swear words and some inappropriate language in the first 50 seconds. Are you going to bleep it? I'm not going to bleep it, or maybe I will, but no, I'm not going to bleep it. So if you're around young children, just fast forward on your phone 60 seconds. Uh, If you're not, then just listen up stop crying stop with the tears don't cry pick yourself
1: up stop with the emotions don't be a pussy don't let nobody disrespect you be cool and be kind of a dick always keep
2: your mind nobody likes a tattletale
1: bros come before hoes don't Don't let you woman run your life you bitch what a fact. get laid do something be a man be a man grow some balls the three most destructive words that every man receives when he's a boy is when he's told to be a man
0: we've constructed an idea of masculinity in the United States that doesn't give young boys a way to feel secure in their masculinity. So we make them go prove it all the time.
2: Within their peer group culture, each of them is posturing based on how the other boys are posturing and what they end up missing is what they each really
0: want, which is just that closeness. All right. That closeness,
1: that closeness. And you know, so this documentary, as Todd said, it's called the mask you live in. It's brought to us by the same woman who, uh, did Misrepresentation, which came out three or four years ago and um, was about women and how women are portrayed in media. And now she's turned the camera toward men and how American masculinity is perceived in through the media, but also just in our environment.
0: So uh, Kathy and I and our company, BU, have decided to create a screening or... Whatever. Bring a screening. Bring a to screening you. to you. Uh, we live in Elmhurst, so we're having it close to our house. Um, it's on Wednesday, March 11th, at York Theater, uh, which is our movie theater here in Elmhurst. Seats are limited, so don't delay. The movie is intended for adults and is considered PG 13. So, um, if you want to reserve your seats, uh, all you need to do is go to Kathy's website.
1: KathyCadams.com and, and click on events.
0: Right. Or it'll also be in the show notes of this um, podcast, which is then slash 209. So.
1: Yeah, and we'll keep putting it on our Facebook page yeah. and promoting it there. Um, but it's we've been really excited about this for about a year and a half because we knew it's it was in the works.
0: Long time coming.
1: Because we tend to, in our business, our BU business, focus a lot on girls, which is, I think, very important and is also relevant to us because we have three girls. But we also, as just... Individually, but as Zen Parenting Radio hosts, believe in balance, and that our world is not just about raising girls up; it's also about um, supporting the boys and how we affect each other. And that the more that boys have an understanding of themselves and self awareness, and and know that they can be compassionate and empathetic people, that only benefits everybody—not only them, but women as well. So. You know, Todd and I really want to bring some balance to what we share.
0: That's right. Um, So, for you're going to hear a lot about it over the next few weeks, so it won't be the last time, but uh, get your tickets. So, um, our first thing we're going to talk about today is um, a few podcasts ago, we invited our listeners to click on our send us a voicemail link on our website because we're trying to cultivate some positivity amongst men and women or relationships. Mm-hmm. So what, what was the task that we asked our- Well, our- we
1: tend to, you know, in our culture, everything that we hear about are people's troubles or struggles or how a husband or a wife just doesn't do enough or isn't good enough. And we wanted to focus on how there are many relationships that the, you know, each other has each other's back. Is mm-hmm. that the best way to say it? Yeah. That there is, we can support each other and mm-hmm. that is a possibility and it is happening all the time.
0: So we had some people um, call us And we're going to play Amber's voicemail. It's about 90 seconds, and it's a good launching point for some deeper discussion. So here it is.
2: Hi, Kathy and Todd. My name is Amber Young, and I have two kids with my husband, Tim. Our kids are ages 6 and 10. And I want to tell you about a way that my husband, Tim, has stood up for me or got my back. Um, A few years ago, the kids started asking the very normal question of, who do you love more? Um, and of course my answer was very, um, even and that I love them both in different ways, but there's no one person that I love more. And when they asked that same question to my husband at dinner one night, he, his answer was that he loved me more. And, you know, I thought that was kind of funny and we laughed about how it was an easy way out of answering the question and he explained that no, he truly loves me more than anyone on this planet. And the kids listened um, with wide eyes, kind of shocked that he would say that, um, and actually tell other friends and family that dad doesn't love us as much as he loves mom. And I think my husband and I talked about it one night and he said, you know, what's the harm in that? I think it's amazing that our kids know that I love you more than anyone on this earth. And um, it's not going to make them feel any less knowing that I love you more than them, and he's really confident and honest about it, and I love that about him. So thank you,
0: Amber. Sounds like she's got a good husband.
2: I know,
1: and and I I love that you know he stood by it. Yeah. You know he said let me explain to you what yeah, I'm, he I'm didn't trying back to say. Down. You know um, I remember when you played that for me. The first thing I thought of was um, a article, or I think it was a blog that was written about three or four years ago by a woman named, I think I'm saying her name right, Alet Waldman. She actually ended up being on the Oprah show um, talking about this article because what she says in the article is that she loves her husband more than her children. Now, she went on to describe many things that some people agreed with and some people didn't. Um, So I don't want to defend the whole article because I don't necessarily think I agree with every point. But what was interesting is how she was so demonized after she wrote that article and how people just thought she was this awful person for saying that. And again, like I said, I don't agree with every point of her article, but – I maintain that you mm-hmm. are my favorite person in the world. Right. I say that all the time right. in front of the children. I wrote it in my book. I say it to you and that has nothing to do with my love for my children. Like the like Amber, w- you and I have been, you know, we we grew up and we looked around the world and we chose each other, right? Right. Yeah. My children came through me. Yeah. And they are not of me, but they came through me, and I love them. Easy, Gibran. Yeah, <laughs> and I love them because they're my children. But that's of and well, and because they're wonderful people. But you. Are my partner like?
0: There's whatever, however many billions of people on this earth, yeah, and we chose each other, right? Whereas these kids just kind of showed up through (laughs) some help of both of us, (laughs) yes. Um, so didn't really have a choice. And we love them as
1: our children.
0: Well, here's my take on it: is, um, you know, we get a lot of questions and present to people, and they're always asking, you know, how do I become a better parent or how do I become a better dad and I still think that the best thing you can do is to be a really good husband. Yeah. And I feel like this dad, Amber's husband, is doing exactly that. Like he is showing uh, their children that they belong together yeah. and that that he he is demonstrating what a good role model is. He's demonstrating to, I don't know if they have boys or girls, but- He's demonstrating what a good role model is. He's demonstrating to them what it means to be- A partner. A partner. Yes, yes. And there's nothing more valuable, in my opinion, because as kids, all you want is your your parents to love each other and be happy and right. be friendly towards one another. And if you can do that, you're over, that's over half the battle, in and, my opinion. And
1: I'll take it like a step further. If you are in a situation where you are already divorced or um, you are a single parent or it's about having respect- mm-hmm for that other parent. Yeah. And I know, because I know some of you very well, um, that that's not easy. Right. Um, but I will say this to you, y- you know, vent to your friends, have your challenges, know your truth, but in front of your children, yeah. do not demean.
0: Don't throw them under their, the bus. Their,
1: their other parent.
0: Because maybe their other parent is a. Whatever. challenge. Yeah. Uh, They'll figure that out. They will. It's not your job to tell them.
1: And remember, this is the most important thing. They are half of that person, meaning that they came from their father or their mother, whichever one is the challenging one. Half of them is that person. So if you are saying your dad is a jerk, your dad's the worst, your dad is this, and they stand there— Right. And they subconsciously take on, well, then maybe I am too. Right. And again, that's not your intention, but we really have to work hard to offer our children a safe environment. And I don't mean safe physically, that too, but emotionally. Right. They have to be able to love they have to be given space to love both of their parents right. and to you to be able to, to be accepting of that. So best case scenario is like Amber's, yeah. you know, uh, you know, her comment here is that have the back of your partner. Um, as Todd mentioned on a couple podcasts ago, when I talked to his um group, the tribe, the men that he works with, that was the first thing I said is if you want to have a strong partnership with your wife, have her back. Yeah. Don't make fun of her, don't demean her, don't belittle her listen to her, trust her, you know, be on her side. And that doesn't mean you have to, you have to agree with everything she says. It just means be her support system. And
0: for the ladies out there, your, your husband may be too proud to admit that he needs to be supported by you or hopefully not, but there's a lot of us guys that are completely independent and don't think that we need help from anybody, those guys need it too. They do. They need to feel supported by their wives. Well,
1: isn't that one of the biggest things for men is they to feel, um, and again, we're generalizing, but just from research, that, that to feel valued, mm-hmm. to feel like they're offering something. Right. And if they are demeaned right. or made to they're, feel- they're
0: What they consider most important, yes. their value, if that is belittled, then who are they? Right. So.
1: And that can obviously very much challenge a partnership. So I really appreciate Amber offering that. And you may have your own thoughts on that. Um, But I want to, I want to say again, love is not, love comes in many forms and, you can, it's not about how much like measuring on a scale, like I love Todd to a 10 and I love my kids to an eight. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. Right. It's about that in life, Todd is my partner right. and he is my person and my children, I have a completely different kind of love for them right. as their mother. Love as, is
0: beyond measure, sweetie. It is. Uh, because it's not one of those, because I believe me, I like mathematical equations. You like and, to be logical. Yes. And this is not one of those times, but I wanted to say thank you to Amber.
1: Yes. That was for, so Public. And to her husband, my goodness.
0: Thanks, husband of Amber.
1: Yes. Actually, I think she said his name.
0: Was uh. it Tim? Uh, let's call him uh, Joe
1: <laughs> I don't think it was
0: um, so uh, if so we're gonna try in January if we have enough good entries to maybe supply one good story where a partner has the other partners back
1: so if you have a story that you'd like to share a short story um, just go to our uh, website zenparentingradio.com, and click on that message button send on the right some, side send
0: us a voice it says or send us a like voice
1: message and then it all just pops up for you yeah. and you can do a voice it's pretty message. easy it's very easy yeah. and just give us a short story. You don't have to use your name. You Mm -hmm. can just share the story. Um, We just want to offer some positivity because I feel like most stories we hear um, is about how someone isn't helping or supporting. That's right.
0: Um, So our first partner is Dr. John Kelly. And I'll be going there this afternoon with my two daughters because they do something called non-retractable orthodontics. And it is... Uh, kind of a different way than the traditional braces. So if that is interesting to you and you believe in what Kathy and I believe in, which is alignment and source and things like that, um, Dr. John Kelly is your guy. His number is 773-631-6844 and his website is chicagodentistonline.com. Got it. Thank you, John. Um, So the second part of the show that you don't know about Uh is I wanted to share a little story about our vacation is that there was a moment when, not a moment, there was maybe... Uh, a day where one of our daughters was struggling and being not so nice to her sisters. Okay. okay.
1: I don't even know what you're talking about yet.
0: Well, you know, she wanted to put the key in the hotel room door. She wanted to um, oh. push the elevator button. Got it. Got it. Got it. She wanted, one of the sisters wanted to um, borrow an item of clothing. And this sister, for no other reason, had nothing to do with what was going on with her. She just wanted to be mean. Okay. All right. Or
1: wanted to... It's not always being mean. I want to be careful with words. She wanted to have a little more control.
0: She wanted control. Yes. She wanted to be in charge. Mean, yeah. So my first um, response to this is it drives me up a wall. Right. Drives me bananas. It infuriates me because she's not being kind. And we try to role model and we try to say, just be kind to each other. And most of the time they all are. But there are moments or afternoons or days where... They're just not being kind. And it has nothing to do with her own needs other than that she wants to be in control. In that moment. In that moment. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I want to say about that is um, the logical or maybe the natural response to that is yelling at them. Typical response. A typical response or is shaming them or penalizing them or punishing them mm-hmm. or whatever. And the only thing I want to say is that I, I want to encourage our listeners or parents to do the opposite. And what that means is because uh, there's a part of me that just wanted either to punish her or 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 tell her why she was wrong um, or just not give her any of my attention at all. I want our parents to flip the switch and instead deliberately give them positive reinforcement. Or, or not positive reinforcement, yeah. attention.
1: Yeah, you got to be careful. Give with them
0: attention. attention because what I do with this kid is when she's like that, which isn't very often what it is, I say, it looks like you need some attention and we'll end up, I'll end up tickling her and I'll like break the silence or I'll break the tension because I think all she wants is attention.
1: Here, and Does that,
0: I don't know if I'm explaining this. Well.
1: well, here, here's the thing, because I feel like this story you're telling are the kind of things that get us in trouble with people thinking that. What's
0: wrong with trouble, sweetie? <laughs> I like being in trouble.
1: Well, this is where, and when I say trouble, what I mean is a lot of times people mistake self-awareness as permissiveness. Right. And I think what Todd is trying to say is that you have to – the first thing he was doing as he was watching one of our children maybe not be as kind to the others is be self-aware about how he felt about it, that his his instinct – or it wasn't even instinct. Your typical reaction would be to be annoyed and you start thinking, oh, this kid is mean and what's wrong with them. And you got to calm down first and not take it as like some huge personality trait. It's a moment in time. And what they're doing in that moment, behavior is always indicative of how someone is feeling. Right. Behavior is whatever ever going on inside of them then evokes behavior. Right. So it's a form of communication. So instead of looking at it and saying this person is that, it's this person must be feeling something that is creating that behavior. Right. So – What Todd did then was instead of yelling or saying you're an awful person or shaming them, which doesn't work. You know, if that's one thing that we're trying to get across on this show, shame and fear may stop a behavior in the moment, mm-hmm. but it only creates problems yeah, down the road. It has repercussions. It has repercussions. And what actually helps, what changes behavior is compassion, mm-hmm. recognizing what your children really need in that moment. And what our daughter needed was attention yeah. because she was feeling not seen. Yeah. And you can say, well, but we're well, in, you know, well, we're
0: and, in- and logically it'd be like, well, she's getting as much attention as anybody else. Why does she need more attention? It doesn't matter why. We don't understand She just moment. needs more attention. Right? And, and I, I want to correct myself. I don't want to, positively reinforce that behavior. So let's, if I can back up, strike that. But what I think needs to happen is to give them the attention they're seeking out in a loving way. And, you know, you have to figure out how to do that. But just try to do what is not the typical response. Do the opposite. Because the opposite, my typical response is, I feel like, yeah, I feel like shaking this kid Mm -hmm. or I feel like telling her why she's being so mean. And instead, just just to try something completely out of the box, give them, pos- give them positive attention.
1: And the thing that I tend to do in this kind of situation or it could be anything else is first point out that I'm noticing something. Right. Like to say – Wow. Like, and sometimes there's kind of like a wow, you are really needing some control right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times there's a defensive blowback, like, no, I don't, yeah. you know, but I'm pointing out, I'm seeing this repetitive behavior. Yeah. I'm seeing this. Um, are you feeling like you need some attention or do you want to go with me down the hall and mm-hmm. help me so you can get away f- with everybody? Like, you're. The, the shift, I think, the paradigm shift that Todd's talking about here is instead of having to be this hierarchy where we think it's our job to make them feel bad about yeah. things, we're the support system where we recognize that something isn't working out for them in that moment, mm-hmm. and how can we shift that? How yeah. can we how can we disrupt that system?
0: Disrupt it, right? Disrupt it, yeah. and because the non-disrupting thing is to yell at them, right? Is to stop y- it. Stop it. That's the non-disruptive. You think that you're disrupting it, but you're actually reinforcing exactly what they want because they want your attention.
1: And you have to keep raising the stakes. Stop it. They don't stop it. Stop it or else I'm going to take away your toys. Stop it or else I'm going to, you know, you, why we're saying this to you is it's obviously for your kid, but it's also for you because when you keep raising those stakes, you cannot follow through with all those things. Well,
0: And it requires, and it's not like either one of us do this perfectly, but what the example I said, you know, when she she was being a little twerp, uh, it it required m- a little bit of self-awareness on my account. A
1: be- lot of self-awareness, Todd. Be- and,
0: and the self-awareness is I am feeling very frustrated yeah. with her behavior. Yeah. And I say that in my head because if I don't say that in my head, then I'm just going to react.
1: And I sometimes, Todd, I say those things out loud. Mm. I... And like, and sometimes I try and bring humor to it, like, oh, my gosh, you keep trying to take things from your sisters, and it's getting me frustrated. Right. Like, let me point out what you're doing, and let me tell you how I'm feeling. Right. Just because I'm feeling that way doesn't mean I'm now going to punish you or right. whatever, discipline you, all those words that people use. But I want you to know that I'm seeing this, and you are eliciting a reaction from me. Right? It's like a... It's like you're showing them the story. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're doing, here's what it's creating, and what can we do different?
0: Right. Good. Does that does that feel right? Yeah, I I just wanted to give our listeners another tool in the toolbox because maybe their pattern is to scream and shout and maybe try something different. I if you have know. the ability, it's hard if you're at home and you got 3 kids and, you know, the wife is at work or the husband's at work, but You know, when you have a little bit of sport because at that time you were with me. Yeah. So you could spend time with the other two kids. And you could take her. Well, I could kind of take her away. So I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying not to understate how difficult this is because it's not easy. But if you're in a position to do something like that, give it a whirl and see what happens. Because here's the thing. It works. Her behavior stopped after I kind of walked to the pool with her.
1: Not only that, but you created a connection with her. She felt heard, she felt valued. There was no like huge communication breakdown where you guys weren't going to talk to each other for 30 minutes. She didn't feel shamed. Mm-hmm. And do do you understand how all those things create the relationship we're looking for? Right. You don't just get to decide I want this relationship to be this way and then act however you want right. and then expect them to have this kind of connection to you. Connection is earned. Yeah. And I don't mean that when I say earned, that sounds, again, like you're allowing them to do whatever they want. It's not that. Connection is something we work at. Yeah, Connection is something it's that nothing,
0: we- It's not something you decide. It's
1: not something you it's decide. something
0: you experience Practice. through a lot of attempts.
1: Repetition right. and failure. Yeah. Because believe me, we've had many... The reason that we can... Todd can share this story and I can share these stories with authenticity is because we've done the other. Yeah. I've done the yelling. I've done the do this. I've done the, if you don't do this, I'll take this away. And it doesn't support the relationship I have with my kids. It drives me crazy. It makes me want to pull my hair out and it causes them to be angry with me and me to be angry with them. And there's a total communication breakdown. Yeah.
0: And this will work if their kid is three or 13 or 18 or mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I mean, maybe not an infant. But
1: any, well, they're not supposed to be, they're supposed to be kind of free spirits.
0: They're meatloafs.
1: They're little meatloafs. They just they just eat and sleep and poop.
0: Um, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, sweetie. That's our second partner, ChiroTree.com. Uh, the phone number is 630-941-8733. And don't forget Dr. Kelly is the only certified pediatric chiropractor in our town of Elmhurst. So we
1: go there tomorrow.
0: We do, can't wait. Um, So the next thing I want to talk about are things that I learned on vacation about myself. This is kind um, of—it's about men and grief and sadness and things like that. So for those of you who don't know, my mother passed away on August 30th, and I had a lot of outpouring of emotion up till— up till when she died, and then a day or so after she died, and since then, I have not been able to express myself emotionally. Okay.
1: Now I'm I'm going to stop you for Go a second. Ahead. It is not true that you haven't been able to express yourself emotionally, but you are tying everything to shedding tears. Right. Well, you I, have been very verbal right. and very outspoken about right. how you feel. And
0: I'm more or less saying I'm comparing the way I, the way I see others grieve. To the way I grieve. And I feel like there's some... Disparity. Disparity. Thank you. So, um, And there's always a little bit of Mm self-judgment based around that. Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, you're criticizing yourself. I'm criticizing myself. So this was my first Christmas without my mom. And I got triggered because of something that isn't worth sharing. But um, on Christmas Eve day, I just kind of got melancholy. And I just got sad. I didn't cry. I didn't get angry. I was just kind of... I was in a bad in a bad mood having a bad day on Christmas Eve and we were in Florida and everything was great. So then I'll, so then comes the self judgment again. Like listen dude, you're in mm-hmm. Florida. You can't win, right? Yeah. And here you are having a bad day. What's your problem? It's 80 and sunny outside and you're with the your loved ones. So then Christmas Day kind of the same thing and then slowly it just kind of dissipated away. Mm-hmm. And my my thing is I've I've seen friends who have lost their parents and you know 6 months later, 9 months later, they're still moments of where they're completely devastated. And I've I've often said to myself, what's wrong with me? Like, how come I'm not so devastated? And the one thing I, I learned through talking with you and maybe a little bit of self-reflection is mm, the way I choose to grieve and the way somebody else, I don't even want to say chooses.
1: It's not, it, it grieves, The way it's very, I grieve. Yeah, instinctual, yeah. And
0: the way somebody else grieves are two different things. And how dare me compare my grief and how it goes to somebody else. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. And then the other thing that I that we came up with that, through your help in the car ride home was um, I I had a really good relationship with my mom, mm-hmm. and I my relationship with her over the last ten years blossomed, and we talked about all these deep things, and it just really. And I was I was lucky enough to be there when she passed, and the days before, so there really wasn't a whole lot of. Um, regret. Regret. Or things left unsaid. Things left unsaid. So maybe that's another reason why I'm not a basket case once a month or once a week or whatever. And I, you, that was your idea that you shared with me. And I think that there might be something to that. So, uh,
1: well, I think that a lot of times the suffering that we tend to have about failed relationships or about when someone passes are the things we could have done, the things we should have done. Um, we beat ourselves up about about how we could have been better right. or and even though some of that comes no matter what you know you have some moments where you're like oh you know we could always do things quote unquote better but I think when we are in relationship with someone and we are offering our best selves and we are growing and and, you know, trying to be as self-aware as we can in relationship with them and loving them from a a place of, um, that awareness and, and honoring who they are and not trying to have them be different and just having compassion and that back and forth, then there's a peace with that relationship. Mm. And that then when that, if that relationship changes or they transition or, you know, pass away, then that peace remains. And that doesn't mean you don't, Miss that person who is no longer here, but right.
0: it, i I miss her, but i don 't have regret
1: yeah there 's not because don 't you think that 's what regret is is suffering right it 's suffering
0: right and and the other thing is I got like all these wonderful letters from uh friends whose whose parents have passed away, and they uh, their intention is nothing but love, but they say like, "Dude, the first year is impossible, the first you know birthday, the first christmas the birth, first thanksgiving." You're, don't worry if you're just completely lost. And for the first, you know, four months, I haven't been completely lost. So that once again, I'm just kind of referring back to the self self judgment I have on myself is, and, you know, like like,
1: if if they're telling me I'm going to be lost, then why am I not lost? What's wrong with me? Yes. What's wrong with me? And the
0: reason I say it out loud is if there's other guys out there that, whatever, it's if it's grieving the loss of a pet or a parent or whatever, if you guys, um, Maybe somebody else is going through the same thing I am. So I just say that out loud because I think it's a guy thing to question their emotions Mm -hmm. and the righteousness of their emotions and how it's chosen to express. And I just want them to say whatever comes out – and I'm saying this to myself more than I'm saying it to anybody else – is the way it's supposed to come out.
1: And the thing is, is, is this may not be the case for someone who doesn't have a self-awareness practice, meaning there is something called numbing and shutting yourself down, where there are some people who... Which is another thing I question. Well, but there, if you haven't... If your emotions are foreign to you if you really feel like having any emotional expression or having any feeling is, you you can't differentiate, you can't label them, you don't know how you feel, then that's a different situation. But if you have, you know, had kind of some, you've done some work where you feel like you understand what anger feels like and you know when you, you know, when you feel sad and you can differentiate between that and a contented, you know, nest because it's not like you're happy all the time, no. but you have that baseline. Yeah. You're, you're grounded. Yeah. Your feet are on the ground. Right. And that doesn't mean you dip. Your pants don't dip. are on the
0: ground too. And. <laughs> Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground.
1: But you, you know, there's. Uh, Again, these are difficult things to talk about. And, you know, Todd and I were kind of discussing Zen Parenting Radio about what we're really trying to teach on this show on our long car ride. We really had a long car ride. We had lots of time. And what we realized is what the show is really about, it's not about adding more information to your life. It's about extracting layers away from your life, taking, peeling the onion that you are, taking off all these stories that we've been told over our lifetime, letting go of all of this baggage that we've carried, letting go of all these belief systems that don't serve us. And as you do that, you lighten up yeah. and things aren't so heavy. Mm-hmm. And and that take, Todd and I come to you as people who have both gone through therapy, as people who have both done couples therapy, mm-hmm. people who have both been coached, mm-hmm. people who have both done energy work in mm-hmm. our life and all these kind of holistic practices. So that doesn't mean we're done. It's a lifelong journey, but we can say this with a sense of, As you go, it works. It works as you practice letting go of some of the things that don't serve you. And
0: listening to the show is is like so. If somebody's listening, oh, I don't do therapy. Well, maybe the show is your therapy. Your
1: therapy, or
0: maybe it's talking to a a friend that you otherwise might have a shallow conversation with, and you have a, a deeper one. Like, don't just. Don't take our path, but figure out what your path is.
1: That's the thing is that's why I wanted to say we've done all sorts of different methods. You don't just have to do clinical therapy. There's getting massages Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, chiropractic is part of mine. and Working
0: out is a big one for me.
1: Journaling and having a women's circle and having a friend to go out and have breakfast with Mm -hmm. and you and I having dates. Those are all what I call therapy. What they are is connecting to myself and connecting to other people and being truthful about, you know, you're going to laugh, but I was watching a Super Soul Sunday yesterday. I was watching a... He's in the building! (laughs) My beloved Oprah. And she did... It was actually a show that taped a couple weeks ago and I'm just catching up on our TiVo. Um, But it was a Super Soul Sunday primetime. So it was all like the best, greatest hits. And one of the things that Maya Angelou said was the work of her life was to just tell the truth. And that's just not about a story that you're telling the truth. It's the truth of your life. Who are you? Right. When you know what do you have to offer? Life is about being creative and about being believing in who you are. That's why Todd and I called our company Be You. That is lightening your load, because all the things that you've taken on over the however many years are people telling you to be different or that life looks this way rather than that way or do it like I did it instead of like you do it. And really what we're trying to talk about on this show is who you are is worthy and good enough.
0: True that, sweetie. We got to move on.
1: (laughs) I can tell just by the way you're looking at me. You're like, stop talking.
0: You ready for our listener question? Okay, go ahead. It's kind of long, but bear with me. Okay. My husband parents in a very different way. I don't know. I forget this lady's name. I didn't forget it, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Okay. So she's concerned about uh, her parenting. Her husband parents in a very different way to the way I would like us both to. Although he often has fun with kids, when he wants something done, he can be very author- authoritarian and he tells them to do tells them what to do and expects instant obedience mm. or they get sent to their room. Whereas I ask them to do things and try to encourage them to show initiative and or self-control. The few times I've either asked my husband husband to listen to your podcast with me or read one of my parenting books or not be so harsh on the kids, He refuses and takes it as a personal insult to his own parenting style, and it usually ends in an argument. Mm. He says that's the way he was brought up, and that his way always gets results. However, I'm worried about the long-term effects on our children, and it upsets me every time they get upset. We are not on the same parenting page at all. Rather than back each other up in front of the kids, I'm afraid we often do the opposite. Okay. That's a, that's a truckload there.
1: Well, I think I can help in this way because okay. I'm, I'm going to focus just in on the last thing that you said. He says that his way always gets results, and he is not wrong in that when you are authoritarian and you use fear, your children often do maybe go to their room. Become obedient. Do, they become obedient. I think the discussion to have with him is not about whether or not him yelling at them gets them to hunker down and do whatever he wants. It's what kind of results do he, does he really want? Does he want them to do something immediately? So they feel less than,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: does he want to have a relationship with them where he feels connected and they feel safe with him? Yeah, Because th- it's not about fighting him about this works. Yes, it does. You know, it, it's the back and forth of yes, this works or it doesn't. It's about what do we really want to offer our kids? And, you know, it, this, is, this could be difficult because he may say, I just want them to listen to me. I don't know.
0: Right. And we're not there. But the, the one sentence I underlined, he refuses and takes it as a personal insult to his own parenting style. Now, how is she going to be able to fr- – because I think she needs to reframe. Like, yeah. how does she reframe this for him saying it's, this is not a, an attack on your parenting style, but it, it is, isn't it? Well, I think that the
1: the way that we always start with people we love is by saying, I understand why you do this. Right. I get it. I see you. I know that this is how you were raised. And so of course you're going to do it this way. And I honor that. And I think who you are is amazing. Okay. But my big but is for us as parents how what do we want in our family and what do we want for our kids and and did you when you were a kid ever feel afraid of your parents and if he says yes then the question is do we want our kids to be afraid of us now when i say that to groups cuz i go out and you know do presentations a lot of parents will nod and say yes i want my kids to be afraid of me and you know they kind of do it with a little bit of laughter but I think the reason that people nod and say that is because they want their kids to, quote-unquote, obey immediately and to listen to everything they say. But that's not a realistic relationship, right. meaning what you want is kind of a magic thing. And and my, and my what I want to put out there for you is it may work when they're four or it may work when they're eight. But if you're going to have that type of obedient, quote-unquote, relationship with your kids when they're 13, 16, 18, I think you're going to run into some difficulty. Meaning, I think that your relationship may suffer.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and this may not be the... Two two suggestions. One is, um, maybe there's something that you can do for him. This might be overly logical, but that's the way my brain works. Maybe there's something that he wants you to integrate or become a part of or support him. Start that way. And it's not like... But what are you referring to? Like, What do you mean? Whatever. Because I feel like she's asking him hey, listen to this podcast. Maybe a way to do that is say, hey, maybe he's asking her to- Read a book about money. Read a book about money, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Or
1: come to my work and see what I do. Yeah. Or I want to go to the ball game, go with me. It, it's that. all it's it's noticing what's important to him. So
0: maybe she can do something like that first instead of just saying, hey, change your behavior because I don't agree with the way you're doing it. So find a way to connect with your husband that has nothing to do with this discussion. Yeah, And then say- you know, this may come out sound, sounding bad, but I, I'm willing to step outside of my comfort zone. I if don't want to go. I don't want to go to the ball game, <laughs> but I'm going to the ball game. Right? Will you please step outside of your comfort zone and read this book, right? Or listen to this? Like the one podcast, the Alfie Cohn interview isn't necessarily about adults. It's more. Well, I guess it's not about relationships. It's more about how to parent your kids. But
1: but that, that gives some that will, good
0: that will research. throw a curveball yeah. to this guy. This guy is going to be like, "What is this all about?"
1: And what Todd's talking about is that the research shows that that kind of authoritarian kind of parenting, again, in that moment you may be like, "Hey, it works." Mm-hmm. You know, they went to their room, but you are altering your relationship with them, their connection, their sense of safety, their internal sense of beingness gets a little messed up. Yeah. And That's not what you want. Nobody wants that. And that's the thing. All the kind of parenting that we do, we do it because we love our kids. And we've been – either it's the way we were raised and so we're like, well, I'm just going to do it the same way. I don't think anybody except for a very teeny percentage of people – want to do anything harmful to their kids. Yeah. So that's the other thing we need to do when we talk to our partners or anybody else about parenting. Don't come at them as mm-hmm. if they're trying to hurt somebody. Because yeah. I don't think ever that is the he's intention. Doing the, he's doing what he's he doing thinks is what right. He's doing he thinks is right. And and that is...
0: And he's attracted to what's familiar. And what's familiar for him is to, how he was raised. Is how he was raised. Exactly. So it's not like he's deciding this. It's We just kind of move towards what we're, what we're used to.
1: And again, what we always see on the show is you look at how you were raised and you take the best parts from it. You suck up all the greatness that you loved about the way you were parented. And then you look at the parts that didn't work for you, when you were afraid, when you felt alone, when you felt not heard, and you try and maybe evolve and shift those things in your own parenting. And that doesn't diminish or disregard or disparage your own parents that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to evolve so instead of looking at it as some kind of slight on your parents look at them and say they loved me they did everything they could they did to the best of their ability now i get to take the ball and run with it now i get to make some different choices It's it's our turn yeah Because if we were doing things the same way people did 50 or 60 years ago, there'd be no...
0: The whole reason we're here is to evolve. Evolve, babies. Take what your parents did well and do that. Take what your parents did not so well and modify it. Yeah. That's it. It's simple.
1: It's simple. And have your direction be compassion, love, connection, and empathy, because those are the things we know that create change, create connection, and a sense of self. We know that for sure. That's that's not just because it feels good in my gut, which it always has, but we know that by research now.
0: Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad.
1: We talked about this last week. I know what this one is. What is it? Is it the car? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Especially now, because in Chicago, everybody, it's zero degrees today. It was actually minus two when I got in the car.
0: Tournament of bad is something that annoys us that has nothing to do with parenting.
1: It it has nothing to do with parenting. And the turn do you want me to say or do yeah, you Yeah, go want ahead. To? Every okay. week
0: we or not every week, we try to come up with something different.
1: So, this one we've been noticing especially cuz it's cold outside is when you go to the car, we have one of those automatic lock opening things. And so what happens is when you go to the car, the only door that opens is the driver's side. And the tournament of bad is when someone, the driver takes their sweet time getting in and opening up everybody else's door.
0: Yeah, like it's it's not even sweet time. Like like you want that door because it's cold out. Open Open immediately. immediately. So it's funny how like there's like this intensity, like if they don't open in the next... Literally one second. <laughs> I'm very annoyed. It's so funny how so quickly we can get annoyed. You
1: know why? Because you're watching that person get in and yeah. get more. Like look what st- they
0: have and I'm still
1: out here. You're still standing there and you're like, Will you open my door? But the driver has to get in, sit down for me, set down my purse, you know, get the keys. So mm-hmm. sometimes your first thought isn't open the car doors, but it is the tournament of bad because Todd and I ran into several situations where I was like, Open the door.
0: Open Abiera, abierto la puerta. There you go. Um, so, I wanted to talk about my money thing. Bow, do we really bow, have bow, time? Bow. No, we don't. I was gonna say. So it's a preview for next week. Okay. And I'm going to attack mutual funds. I can't wait. And what that means is why you should not have your money in mutual funds. <laughs> Sweetie, is this what you're trying to do?
1: I am because it you
0: want. <laughs> Everybody thinks mutual, fund, not everybody. I used to think mutual funds are a good thing. And I'm going to tell you why they're not and okay. why you got to stop.
1: Okay. All right. I guess I need to learn because they make no, you me don't. snore. Um, I also want to say that there are a few things happening besides, you know, how we said at the beginning of the show, the mask you live in is March eleventh. There's two other things. Um, there is something called Parent University and it's in Western Springs. And I was I actually have where it is. It is at Lyons Township in Willow or actually Lyons Township in Western Springs, Illinois. So it's the South Campus that's a high school. And basically I am. They they are offering something called Parent University, and it's a great full day of lots of different uh, parenting speakers. And I'm actually doing two sessions. One is about mindfulness, and the other one is about um, ending the screen addiction. Mm. Um, so, and you know, again, I think there's there's a. Opening speaker, and then there's two sessions, and then there's also a resource room. So it's worth your time. Um, again, it's January 31st. It's a Saturday, and we'll um, put
0: the link on the show notes. And sweetie.
1: yes, and you can also go to my website, kathycaddams.com, and go to events. Um, so that's coming up at the end of this month. And then the last thing is is Todd's um, men's retreat. Is that is that full?
0: Uh, no, it's not full. We have some spots open. Okay.
1: So that is uh, Friday, February 27th through Sunday, March uh, 1st. And that is Todd's Men's Adventure Retreat. And so that's a, um, a weekend commitment
0: and it was awesome last year. Not that's that right. I was there. No, you weren't. But I've
1: heard many of the story. No
0: females allowed. Yeah. This is guy time, sweetie. I know. And the theme is unplug, unwind, and recharge. And that is
1: also on my website, KathyCAdams.com. And then we are selling two things. One of them is our... Our awesome hat what is this oh these are men without hats don't be
0: one of these men
1: <laughs> <laughs> get a BU get a BU ZPR hat. They are like skull caps. They're awesome. Is that what they're called? Skull caps? Yeah, exactly right. And they're so warm, and they're great, and they were one of our big Christmas presents to other people. Um,
0: it got a ZPR uh, logo on the front and a BU logo on the back.
1: And they fit on our daughter's heads, too, so you could get one for your kids, or if one of your girls... And our heads. And our heads. It's
0: one size fits all.
1: Um, but if one of your girls was in BU Girls Club or has done a BU event with us, it's good for them too. Um, and then we also have my book, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. Um, that's also for sale on my website and on Amazon. So if you're looking to do some reading this January 2015, pick it up.
0: Don't forget about our last partners, Avid Company, sweetie. Love Avid. Painting and Remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. Um, you ready for the review? We got one review for iTunes. Okay, let's hear it. And it's by somebody who likes to call themselves Not Asking for Much. And the title of the review, first of all, they gave us five stars. Oh,
1: good. I thought it was not going <laughs> to be a good one.
0: You guys better be around when my kids are teenagers. Okay. I listen to Kathy and Todd every week. They help me stay awake and aware of the parent I am and who I aspire to be and that it's all okay. I love you guys. Well, you know what? We love, we love you too. We love you back. And
1: you know what? It is all okay. That's one of my new things for 2015 is, again, like we said, I'm not adding more stuff to my life and trying to be better and meet goals and all these things things that we do to ourselves, I just want to appreciate that it's all okay. It's all good. And yeah. the most important thing to me is relationships with people I love and enjoying the day and noticing the sun even when it's cold and just, you know, it's okay, everybody.
0: Yeah, and just be cool, man. We're too hard
1: on ourselves.
0: We are. Um, do you have anything else you want to add, sweetie? Um, Words of Wisdom by Kathy Adams. Oh,
1: jeez. You know what? Um, I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm going to have something ready next time.
0: Would you like me to take over for you?
1: Yes, Words of Wisdom. Keep trucking. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have something better next time. And just be cool. Be cool, man.
0: Um, Adios. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.